This is the Dogs on the Hill podcast with your host, Reeves Fisakerly. Welcome back to the Dogs on the Hill podcast. I'm your host, Reeves Fisakerly. Today is Wednesday, April 26th. It's about nine in the morning Eastern Standard Time. And I'm so excited to have special guest today on the show, Chase Benton. Thank you for having me. Thank Super you excited for to be joining. Here. It's been, we've had to work a bit to get this to happen, but it's finally around. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, my people called his people. We made it happen finally. <laughs> so the NFL draft starts on Thursday. If you are not familiar, first round live coverage, ESPN, ABC, 8 p.m. Eastern time. It'll probably take about four hours like it did last year. I like to stretch that out. And then days two and three will follow suit. So, Chase is my, I guess we could say, Alabama insider, Alabama football enthusiast, Alabama sports insider. Yeah, Diehard die hard Bama guy here, so. Without the title, but I think it's close enough. So, we've heard Bryce Young, we've heard Will Anderson Jr. I want to talk about those guys, but first, is there anybody else we should be giving the spotlight to? Hot take, <clears throat> Jordan Battle, I think he's fallen a little bit too far on the uh, the draft polling, I think he's supposed to go. We said uh, currently early third round. Early third is where he sits right now. Sneaky pickup for a defense that needs a pretty powerful guy. So last year he recorded thirty four solo tackles and an interception. Where where do you see him helping a defense? I think a lot of defensive guys coming out of Alabama add a certain level of leadership when they join the league to mm -hmm. a defense. Um, so I think taking someone battle-tested that's been on a big stage several times already in their career would be perfect for any NFL defense. Super just dynamic player, super athletic. I think he did good at the combine. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's, that's going to be someone to watch out for. If someone can get him in the third round, I think that's a heck of a deal. He helped Alabama with a 45-20 to Sugar Bowl win against Kansas State this year and a massive 49-27 uh, Iron Bowl win against Auburn. We're talking about defense. Will Anderson Jr. Best he, player to ever put on a Bama jersey. Really? I think so. Okay. It, defense, offense, just period? Both sides of the ball. I think he's probably the greatest player to ever put on a jersey. All right. You got you to gotta tell me now why. I think he should have won the Heisman. I, I think agree. he could have won it twice. Um, I think this past year, uh, maybe it was the Heisman finalist two years ago. Um, they took someone in his same position, the uh, defensive end, yeah, yeah, from Michigan, Michigan yeah, uh, who had a lower stat line in every single category aside from his. So doesn't really make any sense. I'm not sure where that comes from. How you take a guy with less stats. But I don't make the decisions. Um, yeah, I would have had him winning the Heisman. I think he just drastically changes the game. Mm -hmm. um, best player in college football for the past two and a half, arguably all three of his years. So I'm in complete agreement with the Heisman. Last year, before the Heisman finalists were announced, he was my Heisman winner. And then he does not make the final four. Aiden Hutchinson is chosen over him. I thought if he declared for the draft last year, he would have probably been the first overall pick. I agree. So for some fans, maybe who don't pay as much attention to Alabama as you do, I think Will Anderson kind of faded from our prime attention this year because last year was so great 
Yeah. And then this year, he still had a fantastic year. They had an absolutely dominant year. So what can you tell us for those of us who maybe just strayed away from him this year? Is there What should we know this year versus last year? I think the difference this year is every team we played game planned for him this time. Mm-hmm. So did that? does that affect his draft stock? No. It's just we were also, everyone was so focused on Bryce Young, Bryce Young, Bryce Young when Bama was on the TV. So I think that really took away from the greatness we were witnessing on the defensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many tackles for loss? I think it's 17. I mean, he just drastically changes the game. He makes it impossible to move the ball. He's so big. He's so wide. He's so fast. Mm -hmm. So I think... Oh, here you go. Over three-year career, 66 tackles for loss. Yeah, that's ridiculous. 30, that, is, that is insane. In his Alabama career, that's 66 tackles for loss, 34 and a half sacks, and 184 pressures. And he's yeah, 6'4", 253. He's a big dude. And his wingspan is, like, unbelievably large. That's a big dude moving fast. So currently, he's been projected to be third overall for the last, I mean, I think every mock draft that I've seen in the last month. So that would put him in at Arizona if no trade to go through. Yes. <clears throat> I did see something yesterday. He did a, an interview uh, with ESPN, and he was all he was talking about was the Texans. Really? Yeah. And I know that's the second pick. So this, this brings up something that I saw Adam Schefter discuss, and that's he has pretty strong reason to believe that the Texans at pick number two do not select a quarterback. And I guess that sparks a discussion that we can talk about. You're the Texans. You, you don't have Deshaun Watson anymore. You're rocking with Davis Mills. I think your plan was to tank and try to get Bryce Young this year, and then all of a sudden the Bears end up with a worse record than you, and then they trade that pick. So all of that to say, you have the, the Panthers picking first. I think everybody assumed they're going to pick Young or Stroud, and the one that they don't pick, the Texans are going to pick. But now that's what we're hearing is not going to happen. So if you are the Texans... Are you comfortable taking Will Anderson and rocking with Davis Mills, or would you rather take that second quarterback? I'm taking Will Anderson. Okay. I think you're going to get a longer career out of him than you would risking it on a quarterback in the first round with this draft. Mm -hmm. So we've got Bryce Young probably going first. Then is it C.J. Stroud? Did you see the test scores that came out? They did like the IQ scores. I hadn't seen them. C.J. Stroud's was an 18. Oh. Out of 100. Yeah, that's not good. (laughs) So I think that really changes things. Um, Bryce Young's was a 98. Bryce Young first, 98. Jake Hayner second, 96. Will Levis, 93. Jaron Hall, 93. And then I'll just skip to the other ones that you know. Anthony, or people know. Anthony Richardson, 79. Hendon Hooker, 46. And then CJ Stroud with the lowest by far at 18. I think Hendon Hooker also is potentially a stretch pick if we're going to go high up for QBs because we kind of see how Tennessee's latter half of their season went. Um, is that his fault? No. But if you can't win at that level, I think it's going to be pretty tough to win at the next level, especially in the face of adversity like that. So Hendon Hooker for me is a stretch. The thing that I think hurts Hendon Hooker is simply his age because what these what I think NFL scouts are going to be looking at is Bryce, you have Young, Stroud, Richardson, Hooker. Like, all of these guys are talented. Like, that is not at yeah, all. That they're is all not more talented than I am. So. Oh, of course. <laughs> but you're going to see a Young, a Stroud, Richardson. These guys are 20, 21 years old. 
Levis might even be a stretch at 23. But Hooker is 25. So I don't know how many teams are going to be comfortable drafting a 25-year-old quarterback in the yeah, first round. I will say, not that this... I think my second favorite quarterback in this draft is Anthony Richardson. I went to the Alabama-Florida game that was in Gainesville two years ago. Mm. And just watching him play, it was terrifying. That was a close game. I was sweating the whole time. Um, not that, like, I, I don't know really how to explain this, but, like, just watching him play and move was just so dynamic. And I think that really fits the narrative of successful quarterbacks right now in the league. You got to be mobile. Yeah. Um, which... He does exceptionally well. I mean, he was a running back coming out of high school, so I think that's a good selling point for him. I need the 78 IQ score or whatever it was. I mean, that's... Yeah, he has 79. 79. So that's that's solid. You know, you're one point away from Not a B. Bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're close. You passed. You know, you didn't get C.J. Stroud's 18, so... Yeah, the, the what's surprising to me is just the, the how it drops off because we're in the 90s, 80s, 170, and then... 40-18. Yeah. The, the 18 is a, a sore thumb what, score there. I'm curious what this test is now. Like, what are these questions? Do you think <clears> you so this I is the get... first year they ran this. Okay. Um, I think it's called the S2. Yes. Um, in previous years, they do the Wonderlick, which is just this really old logic IQ assessment. Gen very generic. So this is the first year they did this one. And this one is supposed to be more accurate and up to date. Because the Wonderlick is decades old. Yeah. So... Really doesn't help C.J. Stroud's uh, corner here with the lowest score on the new updated IQ assessment for quarterbacks. What do you think somebody who's just a fan of football would get on there? Do you think they'd get it higher than an 18? Yeah, I think if you or I were to take this right now, we would score significant. I think we would pass. Okay. I think we would get above a 70. Gonna, it's I'm general. Gonna, it's nothing football related. Oh, okay. It's all complete logic assessment. Oh, well, not decision making. Can you like find the right answer? It's not like math driven or anything. Huh. It's okay. like completely logic driven exam. Yeah, that's brutal to get that low then. So, all right. Well, this is a good transition into our quarterbacks. So, this year, okay, this draft is reminding me of the 2021 draft, the one that Mac went in, mm -hmm. strictly because of the quarterback hype. In the first round of that draft alone, we had Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields. And then we had some other guys, other big name guys scattered throughout the rest of it. In this one, I think during the season, the only quarterbacks you really would have talked about, or at least the ones I were talking about, were Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, Will Levis had some bad hype. So, it is my opinion, I've said it before, that only two of these guys are first round talent. And that's C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Where do you stand on that? Why are five quarterbacks getting early first-round hype? I think there's, that's always the general case because so many teams always need a quarterback because you draft this young guy. Like, let's look at Zach Wilson. Mm -hmm. Bombed that. Bombed, right? And now they've got someone else, someone far better. So, you know, you give a guy three four years to try and develop and like get good and if it doesn't start happening you kind of start to enter panic mode and then you start you know looking at your backup whoever you have and then you obviously have to draft so tons of teams need quarterbacks like baker didn't pan out in carolina 
they're looking to take Bryce Young. So the Texans do need a quarterback. I don't think uh, Davis Mills, I don't know if he's exactly the guy to take your team to a championship. Mm. I mean, you kind of need a star, a quarterback to get there. So I wonder if what the Texans do, they actually have, they have two first round picks this year. They have the second and the 12th. Do you think one of these guys is still available at 12? And if so, absolutely. Do the, okay. So do the Texans take one? I, I think the Texans not taking Will Anderson at two is crazy. Okay. I think that is crazy. They're set up for a prime opportunity to, to land one of, to land him and one of these guys. So I feel like if they don't do that, they have, they can improve both sides of the ball significantly. And if Correct. they don't do that, that's a big loss. If you take the quarterback, who are you taking at 12 that's going to be as good as Will Anderson? That's an excellent point because the Cardinals would just take him. Correct. Right after. Because they don't have J.J. Watt anymore, and they're going to need help on that side of exactly. the ball. Exactly. So I think you take Will Anderson at 2, and you pick up, I don't know, at 12. I don't think it's a stretch to say Anthony Richardson's still going to be say, available at 12. I think I th- because what I'm hearing is that after Young and Stroud, it sounds like Levis will be the next to go. And very strong candidate to still be available at 12. Yeah. So, right. So my point was, if Levis is gone there, well, at least you still have Richardson, who Dan Orlovsky is in love with now. I, I, I am his. too, dude. I'm, I'm a huge AR-15 fan. I know he doesn't like that nickname, but. Who's going to get picked first? I think CJ Stroud is going to go first because the Panthers, have you heard about their meetings with Stroud? I have not. They are in love with CJ Stroud. Whoever this, Frank Reich, new coach for the Panthers, my understanding is that the way C.J. Stroud plays and the way that he's coached in Ohio State very much is in line with how he runs a program. Okay. Um, and I, at least that was before these scores came out. Now, these scores are alarming. I would definitely the eight, not. The 18 be, is alarming. Yeah, I would not like. I mean, I don't, he doesn't have to have the best score, right? Nobody has to. You don't to need it. to have the best, but you shouldn't have the absolute Furthest standard deviating score. And the guy that you're being compared against head-to-head has 80% higher score than you do. So, yeah. It's not good. So I so I would think Stroud, Young, and then Levis, Richardson, Hooker. Who do you think is going to go? Who do you think is going to go first, and then who do you think should go first? Removing bias, I think Bryce Young has to go first. I think he's the most talented quarterback in this draft class easily. Easily. I would probably then go Will Levis, okay. then Anthony Richardson, then C.J. Stroud, then Hendon Hooker, of those five guys. Do you think any of—so we're talking about them all going in the first round, and <clears> I'm <throat> simply saying that because that's everything that I've read. Do you think any of them are going to drop out in a day two? Hendon Hooker. Okay. I don't think Hendon Hooker goes first round. Maybe late second. Okay. Maybe middle second. Okay. Someone that still is like, yeah, we could take a backup quarterback. I don't think he's going in and starting anywhere. Um, the 25 years of age, like I said, is definitely not the greatest scenario to be in coming no. into the league. Correct. So, and he did have the second lowest score, 46. Yeah. It's, you know, that's not passing. <laughs> that's still, that's still below average. So Will Levis, you think, so do you think that, I don't think the Cardinals pick him at third, the Colts are at fourth. Do you think that's their answer? Will I Levis? think, I think Will Levis to the Colts makes sense. I think he could fit that. So if that offense pretty well. So let's say Bryce goes first or Stroud doesn't matter who one of these guys is gone at first. You think it's very possible that the uh, the Colts have four of these guys left available for them at four? And you think Levis is their best option? If if by this point we're assuming Bryce Young is gone at the fourth pick, 
all four guys are still available, mm-hmm. I'm probably going Will Levis. Okay. Even though he puts mayonnaise in his coffee. <laughs> mayonnaise in his coffee, eats bananas with the peel. Now, there, Orlovsky, again, he's my QB expert. He was comparing him to Josh Allen the other day. He's huge. He's big. And the way he can maneuver through the pocket, he does. He bootlegs out and then can just launch it down. Correct. The thing that helps Levis or... I think the thing that will make the jump to the pros more manageable for Levis is he's going to have receivers. In Kentucky, he was having to force a lot of throws. Correct. I think he led the SEC and dropped passes, and that's not his not fault. Not entirely his he fault. you got to catch the football. Correct. So that will def- having hands will help him. Yeah, like not to take anything away from Bryce Young, but the people he's throwing it to definitely are helping his case. Absolutely. I mean, the wide receiver room at Bama has been unbelievable since, like, 2018, 2017. So. Heisman winner Devonta Smith last year. Yeah. Huge he, help to he the just Eagles. just run through the guys they've had in the locker room for so long. So I think Alabama locker room is going to segue next for us with Alabama QBs. So there's been a narrative for a while that Alabama quarterbacks just don't pan out in the pros. A.J. McCarron's one that comes to mind for me. Now an XFL beast. Now XFL beast with the St. Louis Battlehawks. But let's look at some current Alabama quarterbacks in the league. The big ones, Mac Jones, Tua Tagovailoa, and Jalen Hurts, maybe? Question mark. Let's go right into that. So Jalen Hurts, the internet loves to say, or the internet likes to say that Jalen either can't claim, or Bama cannot claim Jalen because he finished at OU. And then some people say, well, he went to both, so I can't take both. You're a Bama guy. I know you're I know you like saying Jalen's a product of Bama and I he I is. agree. I agree. <clears throat> he absolutely is. I totally agree. But I want to know what are your thoughts on that debate? Uh, if you'll do me a favor on that computer of yours, yes, will absolutely. you Google where Jalen Hurts' degree is from? All right, let's see. Jalen Hurts degree. He has a degree in communications with the University of Alabama. Interesting. Yes. So he's a he's an Alabama graduate. That is interesting. His only paperwork with Oklahoma, or I shouldn't say only, I don't want to demean it, but he does have a graduate degree at Oklahoma. But you are correct. His undergrad is from Alabama. Yes. Claimable. Claimable. He he is in that is his alma mater. That, that he can claim it. He graduated there. And you think Alabama can claim him back too. Yeah, I mean, he's got Two SEC championships with Alabama. He played in a title game. They won that game. I know Tua came in and finished it, but he played in a winning Correct. game. He played to that half again. And I think that started one of the most poetic stories in college football history, right? So he gets taken out at the half. Tua comes in. Second and, 30, or second and 36. Mm-hmm. Just throws a bomb in overtime to Devontae Smith. Next year rolls around. We get to the SEC championship against the same team, Georgia. And who gets taken out at the half? Tua. Who comes in? Jalen. We were losing. We won. I think that's one thing that people forget to mention, too. Like, everybody says, oh, Tua came in for the national championship game. But like you said, I don't know who, how many people remember Jalen came in the next year. Jalen propelled us to the postseason because if Tua stayed in, we were losing. We were down two and a half scores at the half. So Jalen comes in, wins the game. It's just brought a tear to my eye. I remember where I was. I was in Savannah, Georgia at the SCAD invite with Rollins Swimming. And I may or may not have been in the lobby watching the game instead of my teammates. <laughs> uh, so, and then another thing, too, is Saban is the pretty, Saban's pretty much the reason that Jalen ended up at, U, at OU. Correct. That, there was a conversation between Jalen and Nick Saban about 
where am I going to, I, I want to have starting minutes to set myself up better for my career. I'm going to go pro, you know, where, what, what's the best decision for me? Saban was the one who pushed that Lincoln. Riley and OU, OU is kind of a QBU college QBU. Yeah. I or, would say, I would say at least Lincoln Riley. Cause he had Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen hurts. And now, I mean, he's at USC now, but Caleb Williams. Yep. So, <clears throat> so I think that was a smart pick to go there. I think it's also easy for quarterbacks to be successful in that conference. Mm, yeah. Big 12, not the greatest. I mean, TCU made it, but they got uh, whooped. Yeah, they got they whooped. So yeah, I think you're right. You're right. So you're, you're not, you're not throwing against SEC defenses. No, not at all. Out. No. And I wonder if the same rule applies, like, um, if he were to tra- have transferred within the SEC. Do you, would he have, had, would he have had to sit? I bet he probably would have. Cause I, th- he, I even, think that's a, that's a rule. Because even if it's, yes, he finished his undergrad degree. I, I don't think that matters. I think it's NCAA eligibility. Correct. So, yeah. He, I think he would have had to transfer out, out of conference. Yeah. And I think OU is a the best fit I think in yeah that situation he definitely would have he definitely was better off there instead of a place like Michigan or Ohio State or Oregon like at that time and at so. that time when he transferred OU was consistently in the playoff yeah so it was not like he was going somewhere trash exactly I mean they they made the playoffs four times since the CFP has been a thing I mean they've gotten blown out on several yeah, occasions they've never made it out of the first never, round I mean LSU but they get there them. I mean, the be- I think the best playoff game ever that I saw was uh, the Rose Bowl. I think it was 2018, OU Georgia, when it went to overtime. It was like 58 to 55. It's Baker Mayfield versus the Sony Michelle, wow. Nick Chubb, Nick yep, Chubb. That's it. Yeah, Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb tandem. So yeah, Jalen, uh, Jalen's from Bama. He's got the paperwork and he's got the on-field, on-field accomplishments. So that being said, these guys in the pros, Mac. Fantastic freshman season, not the greatest sophomore season, but I don't think that's his fault. I don't think it works when you hire a DC as your OC. Tua, I mean, he had the best passer rating in the NFL and then sustained two official, most likely three concussions, and he told us that he pondered retirement. And then you have Jalen, who led his team to the Super Bowl and is now the highest-played quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Do you think the narrative is changing for Alabama QBs in the NFL? I think it should. I agree. Let's look at, so the positives that they have right now is Jalen Hurts, highest paid, goes to the NFL. I mean, goes to the Super Bowl. Okay, what do you think about Tua and Mac? Because they had fantastic years. Mac had a fantastic one last year. Tua had a great one this year, but he's got the injuries. What do you think is in store for them going forward? I think Tua should retire for his health. Okay. Love Tua. I think he's a fantastic guy. I think he was a really good fit for the Dolphins, especially with um, Tyreek. And he had um, Jalen Waddle still, so. I mean, that offense is explosive on its own, but I think he added something good to it. Three concussions, especially one where your hands get all frozen up. Mm-hmm. That's you, dude. You can come on. And that was like two concussions in the span of like, what, five, six days? Yeah. Yeah. Like they put him back in way too fast. So that's that's a really unfortunate series of events by the Miami medical staff to allow that to happen. Tua also has a pretty big history of injuries. The hip injury against Mississippi State senior year. Yep, uh, there was a knee injury at some point. A lot, a lot of there's an ankle injury at some point. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, just like oh god, like who's coming in for him? Like what are we gonna do? I think it's time to call it. Yeah. Your history of injury is a long, long list, and the last three injuries 
are fatal. So yeah, that's your brain. That, that's your brain. He had a press conference with Miami. I believe it was last week where he shared that he did ponder retirement. I guess yeah, we're still in the off season. This off season, he has pondered retirement, but he has decided to come back because he said that like he couldn't imagine himself not playing right now. But in that same interview, he cited his. I didn't. I didn't know he had a child, but his wife and kid. He does have a kid. So yeah, I mean, I he, he's literally my age, dude. You got that? You got some one brain injury that was terrifying. Yeah. Like you're, you, you were not, you weren't looking good. And that was compounded on top of another. So let's, at least if, if he stays this year, he needs to be limited. Mm-hmm. It needs to be limited, limited play. I think just for his health's sake. So dolphins, what do they do? Quarterback. I'm looking at their draft capital right now. Do you think that you think the, uh, the dolphins need to pick a QB? In the draft this year, I think they could get a one of the later ones. Later ones, or do you think they get a rental QB somewhere? Okay, so the Dolphins, or will- you ride your backup, draft everywhere else strong, and then if your QB blows this year, draft one next year. So they currently have four picks, and their first one is their second round pick, which is the fifty first. So yeah, I don't think getting one of these guys is going to yeah, be. Yeah, so then ignore the QB thing. Keep going with your whoever their backup for Tua was. Yeah, Skylar Thompson. That's the guy who came in and played for them in that first round wild card match against the Bills. Which he actually did okay. They almost won that game. Yeah. So I mean, just and the, the Bills. That's that's a that's a hefty almost win. That's yeah, a, that's seriously. a pretty good in team. the playoffs too. <clears throat> yeah, with a healthy so, Josh Allen. I think, yeah, ride him. You know, you can let Tua see the field a little bit since he's choosing to stay. Um, I wouldn't put all of the offensive pressure on cube on Tua right away because I think he should be done. I think you need to let him really assess what's important to him. I think he's making a young decision right now. I think an older player would tell him call it. It's not worth it. I think it, I think it would be smart just yeah, ride Skylar Thompson and then you know, next year you'll probably have some strong draft stock. Don't trade it all away and then pick a QB then. They have a lot of strong skill positions around them to be able to at least win some mm-hmm. games. So stay in the AFC East, Mac Jones, great freshman year, Pro Bowl, grittied in the end zone, and then last year the Patriots just were terrible. Terrible. Um, it doesn't help to have a defensive coordinator serve as your offensive coordinator, but now they have one. So where do you see the Patriots and Mac Jones going this year? Are they going to still be in the bottom of the AFC East? Are they going to make some noise? What's going to happen with Mac in year three? I think it's time to get Mac a weapon. Mm-hmm. Again, Mac Jones in college was throwing to an absolutely stacked wide receiver room. Get him a weapon. Otherwise, if he can't get productive, it's going to be time to part ways with Mac. Yeah, Devontae Parker is not alone is not going to help Mac with wide receivers. Absolutely not. And your answer is not Bailey Zappi. I don't want to hear it. It's not Bailey Zappi. It's not Bailey Zappi. <laughs> it's not Bailey Zappi. He did fine, but Mac is the better of the two. And don't tell me otherwise. I, I won't. I, I'm a huge Mac Jones guy. <laughs> Mac Jones is from Jacksonville. That's where I'm from. So huge Mac Jones fan. Bet, I think that 2020 Obama team that he led to the national championship is probably the best college football team I've ever seen. Probably. Uh, you've said before on paper, Mac Jones is probably one of the best college football quarterbacks ever. Uh, on paper. And I could, I, <laughs> Strictly I could on paper, guys. That. We're I, just saying on, on paper, paper. On paper. On paper, his, his last season. But you're right. I, he did, okay, his rookie year. 
3,800 passing yards, 22 touchdowns, and a 67.6 completion percentage, which is the highest among rookie quarterbacks in 2021. Here's his senior year. 77.4% completion for 4,500 yards, 41 touchdowns, four interceptions with a passer rating of 203. That's insane. It, it, I mean, yeah. And he didn't lose a game that year. And it was an all-SEC schedule. All SEC. That was COVID year, yeah. All COVID SEC. Year. Didn't lose Entire one game. SEC schedule. Won the national championship. Yeah, that's... You yes, I agree. On paper, when you look at it, you're like, who is this guy? Passer rating. You're so, like, how this guy not sweep house at the Heisman? Yeah, seriously. And he was he was a finalist with two of his teammates. Yeah, and Devon. I mean, I'm totally cool with Devonte winning it that year. But yeah, yeah you're I think right. It's cool for a skill player to win. You're for a guy with a passer rating of 203 to be talked about as he is now is ridiculous to me. He can play. He just didn't have. It's hard to play offense when you don't have an offensive playbook, you know. So, <clears throat> it finally happened. After a month of me losing my mind, Aaron Rodgers is finally a New York Jet, officially. The details of those trade, it went down I, two days ago, like late, late during the day. Uh, the Jets got Aaron Rodgers and a first-round pick, the Packers' first-round pick. The Packers and the Jets just switched their first-round picks this year, so... They get Aaron Rodgers, a first-round pick this year, and a fifth-round pick. The Packers get a first-round pick this year, a second-round pick this year, a sixth-round pick this year, and a second-rounder next year that, if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of snaps, becomes a first-round pick, which I can pretty much say it's going to be a first-round pick. I don't think he plays less than that. So a second that has a high chance of becoming a first. So that being said... Who wins that trade? Was it a fair value? And then how do each of these teams look going into next year? If I'm being honest, I really think Green Bay won this trade. I, I'm, that's where I'm kind of leaning. They have a, two seconds. One of them is potentially a first along with another. And I mean, a sixth is whatever. But you got a lot of value in exchange for an aging quarterback who has really just been a headache for you the last couple of years. Correct. Jordan Love is still a talented quarterback. I've been supporting him. For the last couple of years, I've been wanting him to get his shot. And now the Packers are primed to give him, to build around him through the draft. Yeah, I think I think Green Bay wins. I mean, I don't know how many how many more seasons can you squeeze out of Aaron Rodgers. Well, he has this year on contract, so this is his 38-39 season. And I maybe, I would say you get... A, if two you, more if, after if this. If New max. York was bringing him in and they had a loaded offense... I would say New York won the trade. I mean, they got Brees Hall. They got they got skill positions. I, I still I still don't think it's enough to say taking on a QB that you're going to get less than five years out of. No, you're totally right. I think you get a maximum of three, but more more than likely you're going to get this year, and then he signs a one year deal after. And Green Bay gets essentially two first round picks, a second and a sixth. So. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Green Bay kind of. I'm thinking they do too. I'm not saying Green Bay is making the playoffs next year, but what I am saying is you have a lot of young guys, especially Christian Watson, who had an awesome year this year with Aaron Rodgers. But you have these young players in a skill position. You have a young Jordan Love who has been learning from Aaron Rodgers for like five years. And you are perfectly set up to continue to bring in young talent around yep. him. Mm-hmm. And if you keep, t- I mean, this first that they have is a 13th, which is a pretty solid draft choice. And if if the Jets just like 
bomb somehow next year, you have their first round pick. Correct. Along with yours, which you're probably which they not don't get. You're probably not going to be good next year. So that Pat, that pick is already solid. I I, I think uh, yeah. Talking through it, I think Green Bay definitely wins this trade. I was a little torn, but yeah, I, th- I think Green Bay definitely wins this. Um, it's exciting to see Rodgers in a different jersey. Oh yeah, that's maybe fun. he'll have a better mindset. <laughs> I know his last few years have been a little rocky, so mentally with Green Bay. So let's I'm excited to see what he can do in a different jersey with different management and ownership. So I'm personally so excited to see him out of Green Bay strictly because it has been such a headache for them and honestly for me just to keep up with it. Last year, the whole, I'm not going to go to workouts. I'm just going to go on vacation somewhere random, and maybe I'll end up the Broncos quarterback. I don't know. And then, oh, no, I'm going to come back to Green Bay, and I never wanted to leave. I'll be a Packer until I retire. And then this year, he's like, no, I literally called the Jets and said I'm going to play for him next year. And then 40 days later, it's finally official. So yeah, it's nice to not be able to deal with soap opera Aaron in Green Bay, I guess. So and I, I don't think it was good for anyone on Green Bay either. I don't think I mean it it's was not just, fair for them, the teammates to no. have to put up with that. I mean, these guys basically played an entire season knowing that this guy's not gonna be here next year and he doesn't even want to be here right now. Correct. So which is just not good. It's no, very toxic. not at all. Very I mean, toxic environment. You gotta be committed to your teammates and your team. And I'm I'm curious to see if Rogers can handle the New York market. Because New York fans, they love you when you're good and they will rip you to shreds when you're not playing well. That's true. So I think Green Bay fans, despite his drama and antics, still loved him and didn't want him to leave mm-hmm. for the most part. So, yeah, you're going to play in New York. Good luck. He's following suit with Brett Favre playing in Green Bay for almost two decades and then going to the Jets. And then I think as for the Jets, I think this obviously makes them a better team, but I'm still picking the Bills to win that division. I think, uh, Yeah. I don't think anyone's better than the Bills in that in that set of teams. So at least in the regular season, I mean, maybe maybe if they met in the playoffs somehow, like I, I feel like I could see Bills win the division and the Jets get a wild card. Maybe they make some noise then, but at least during that regular season, nobody's going to beat the Bills. I don't think so. Mm-mm. Josh Allen's just too good. Excited to see um, back to my Bama roots. Uh, we'll get to see uh, John Mechie play this year. And then uh, Jamison Williams will play for Detroit this year. Good. Awesome. This will be second season, but his first season actually seeing a starting spot. Because I think he was hurt. He got hurt preseason. Yeah. And then the Lions are a fun place to be right now. I mean, they, like, I think people say the Cowboys are America's team. Nah, the Lions are America's team. Everybody loves it when the Lions win, right? The Jags. Oh, okay. The Jags are America's team. <laughs> okay. It is the truth. Trevor Lawrence T-Law. should be our president. I want I want some flow like Trevor Lawrence. I want some hair like uh, that. I don't know. I, I, hot take. I think Trevor Lawrence's hair kind of sucks. Oh. <laughs> you want freshman year buzz cut, Trevor Lawrence? Dude, yeah. Okay. Buzz it off. I, I don't know. I, he's got some mad lettuce. I think it looks pretty it's cool. It's too iconic at this point. It's like a Minshew's mustache. Yeah, you're, that's a great point. You know, I, he's playing for the Colts now. I think he's technically the Colts QB1 as of right today before Which, the draft. I mean, when he came in for Jalen he played Philly, well. he played really well. Yeah. Okay, Garnerman, shout out because Garnerman, she's from Mississippi. So Shout out because he was a jag. Out. Yeah, that too. But yeah, Minshew, Minshew, I don't think is a guy who like leads a team to a Super Bowl, but he is like one, probably the best second string QB that you could have on your team. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So. And just his brand 
Oh, yeah. Bro. Minshew Madness. Like, you can totally have, like, a silhouette with just, like, the flow and the stash. There are you know, so many stickers of those when I was in, you know, late high school, early college in Jacksonville. Just those stickers stamped on poles everywhere. Just the mustache and then the headband with flow. Talk about NIL. That would have been fantastic. Dude. Like, if he was in college right now, that would have been f- a phenomenal way. Oh, my to goodness. Get some traction. Dude. Oh, my gosh. Who's your dog of the day, Chase? Uh, my dog of the day is going to go out to a man who will be getting married this Saturday. Oh, yeah. Absolute college swimming, college coaching legend, Mr. Walker Thanning. Coach Walker, if you are listening, first of all, thank you. But also, we love you, and I'm I'm so fired up for next year. Oh, it's going to be good. I'm so fired up. I cannot wait. Yeah, have fun, dude. Travel. Watch out, watch out, Rollins College Swimming, Winter Park's Most Wanted. We're going to be dangerous, we're going to be nasty. Yeah, uh, I will definitely drop the schedule on this podcast when yeah. we get it for next year. So come out to the Alphon Pool, Winter Park, Florida, Rollins College. Yeah, come watch the come watch a 30 for 30 in the making. Yes. It's coming. See it before it gets filmed. You will have been here before we gain traction. You'll see Coach Chase in action as well. I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm, amen. Amen. My dog of the day, uh, shout out Abigail Wood. Uh, so you know what? She can be my dog in the day. NCAA, well, I mean, athlete. She went to national championships this year. Yep. Breaststroke. And, uh, Third yeah, place medal at conference, at heck. the Sunshine State Conference I Championships. Believe, she was our only top three finisher this year, yeah, I believe. Only medalist. So Abigail, fantastic year. Incredible take. Incredible take. Well, thank you. So, Incredible take. Rollins Swimming, getting the spotlight in the Dogs on the Hill segment. Coach Walker. That's right, baby. And then junior swimmer, Abigail Wood. That's all we got for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Dogs on the Hill podcast. Chase, it's an absolute pleasure to have you. And if you you ever want to come back some other time, I know football season will pick up traction when we're back in the fall. Yeah, have me back in the fall when Bama's taking dubs. Yeah, when when Bama's, you know, undefeated, number one in the CFP poll when it first comes out, we'll have you back on here. And then uh, you can tell us about how, what is that? It's going to be saving title eight that he's going for? Seven at Bama, eight total. Is that what he's going for? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So when he's primed to do that. We'll have you talk. We'll have you back. Uh, people think it's going to be Georgia, but just you wait. Nick Saban's still coaching. Nick Saban is still coaching. The, the godfather of football is still in the game. Goated college football coach. I think he's the best ever. He's hey, it's be. not even close. Yep, he's got to be. He already pa- he passed Bear. So. He passed Bear. That's all we got for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next time. <laughs>